Hello and welcome back to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast with Brant Pasalakwa, founder of the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation School. In this podcast, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive into the show. Today we're moving into the last kosha we're going to be talking about, which is the Ananda Maya Kosha, or the Bliss Body. So we've kind of, in a way, worked our way down. Physical, pranic, mono, like conscious thought, unconscious, or wisdom body, where we're getting in touch with the deeper uh, reaches of our mind and sort of getting in touch with uh, some greater wisdom. Um, but now we're in the Ananda Maya Kosha. So Ananda means bliss. So this is the part of ourselves that is pure bliss. Um, for many people, you've never really thought about a part of ourselves that is pure bliss. But in the yoga tradition, uh, we consider like sort of our fundamental nature bliss. So it's the part of the infinite, right? And nature and God, whatever word works for you, um, that, ex- that is expressed within us individually. Sometimes it's referred to as the Atman, sometimes the soul, sometimes um, the smaller self. In yoga, it's the spiritual heart, and it exists um, beyond the mind. And another way to think about it would be it's our connection, really, to the universe. So the reason, you know, we kind of have this as our, our metaphor is because, you know, our heart is where we feel things in terms of relationship to others in the world around us. And at its deepest point, that is Ananda, which is bliss. So when we love, we balance this kosha. And um, there's a great text uh, called uh, the Narada Bhakti Sutras, right? Um, Bhakti is the sense of uh, devotion, surrender, and worship. And... um, is a good translation by Prem Prakash, and it says, the nature of spiritual devotion is supreme love. The nature of spiritual devotion is supreme love. Spiritual devotion does not rise from desire. Its nature is a state of inner stillness. So if you've ever experienced romantic love, um, you know this. It's, it's, it's a time where your heart opens and you feel really open and sort of super balanced. It's like the the bliss body is finally fully recognized and you feel like, oh, this is it. And our relationship with the infinite, right, is now seen, you know, in this other person. So it's almost like you're so in love, you're you're not even you're in love with that person as they express, you know, the infinite or God or nature. So this is a very, you know, it's a unique experience. I mean, maybe we all have it if we're lucky once in our life or twice in our life. But um, that experience kind of keys us in to Ananda Maya Kosher. Um, Hafiz is uh, the great Sufi poet, and uh, he's really into this subject. Um, and he's probably the best uh, expressor of this state. Um, Only that illuminated one who keeps seducing the formless into form had the charm to win my heart. (laughs) Only a perfect one who is always laughing at the word too can make you know love. So 
this is the kosher that allows one really to have that deep sort of inner peace and that kind of um, supreme knowledge, right? No matter what's going on around us. Um, so connection, right, to the Anandamaya Kosha can really mitigate um, or lessen any kind of suffering. It's our birthright to have a relationship with the Anandamaya Kosha. So this is not something that only special people get to have. It's, uh, it's our right as human beings because it is part of ourselves. And if you look at the Koshik model, you could just look at it as one-fifth of yourself, right? So from that perspective, it's like, oh, of course I can have a relationship with one-fifth of myself. If it's taken away or we get kind of shielded from it, we get confused and we get stuck in much smaller thinking. Um, and it's particularly troubling because your system remembers Ananda Maya Kosher. You were born that way. So the problem is, is that when you get disconnected um, from it, then, you know, your system is crying and yelling at you to do something about it. So you, you experience suffering because something just isn't right. It's great to sort of just sort of be brimming with this, but really what we would want is a nice kind of steady kind of feeling, like a very balanced connection with the part of ourselves that's our heart. So the practices are um, devotional or bhakti in nature. So for most people, we need ritual, right? So prayer, lighting candles, meditating on images of the divine, asking for help, cultivating love in all ways, um, being with others in a loving way, um, all balance the Anandamaya Kosha. So religions from all over the world have these practices. And it's kind of like a universal, you know, most spiritual traditions acknowledge this universally. What's, what makes yoga specific, I think, is that um, that love is in us and it's our bliss and it's permanent. So it's not something that kind of comes and goes and we don't have to sort of beg for it, although asking for help connects us to it. So it's a little different. And if you've grown up um, in a religious tradition, um, especially if you grew up in like sort of Judeo-Christian stuff, you might see like a little difference there. It's, it's you know, I think all religions and uh, spiritual practices are getting at the same thing. But I think the distinction would be is that, you know, when we ask for help and sort of pray and move into ritual, like, you know, please let me see this. We're asking for what is already there as opposed to asking for something new, even though it might seem new to our mind. So the, the imbalance, right, would be um, <clears throat> a lack of connection to others and a lack of connection to ourself. And in the Yoga Sutras, you know, if you're going for sort of radical balance that leads you to higher consciousness, um, 123, right, says the end of spiritual practice is only obtained by placing oneself in the Lord, is vara pranidhanam. Now, is vara pranidhanam means surrender. So another way to say that is the only way you're going to get where you want to go is to completely surrender. And when you surrender, your heart opens. So surrendering is not something in the Western culture that's very popular. Um, and not that I'm an expert on Eastern culture, for, but my experience has been um, 
you know, it's sort of like more woven in the fabric of Eastern culture. So yoga, which comes out of Hinduism, you know, this is a pretty kind of normal idea that you would surrender. But um, I think for those of us, probably those of you listening to this, you know, it's a uh, it might be a new idea or something you don't do regularly. And so ritualizing it, um, it ritualizing it is important because the ritual allows us to relax into the surrender piece. So what I'm going to be suggesting as we do our practice is that we make it a regular, regular practice. You know, samadhi are those spiritual gifts and those states we can come in that can kind of change the course of our lives. And it's only when we are surrendered that we can really receive these gifts. So, you know, sometimes even my hand, right, is like receiving like it's coming in. But really it's the other way. It's like if you look at our kosher chart and you have that Ananda Maya kosher in the center, it's more like receiving like the light of Ananda is now shining through the Vijna Namaya Kosha and informing that, and then into the Mano Maya Kosha and informing that, and to the Pranic body and informing that, and to the physical body and, and informing that. So when you're reaching bliss states or you're connected or balanced, right, you will feel the sun of Ananda Maya Kosha like shining through the rest of your bodies. So if you're going to have a goal, that's kind of the goal. And the way you get there is to surrender. Setting us ourselves up is the really important part. You want to really set yourself up to do the Ananda Maya Kosha practice. Um, so you have that feeling of there's nothing to do and nowhere to go. Like it's timed and you're in a room that's safe and you've got your ritual set up. And in, and in the practice, um, I suggest setting yourself up where you can see um, either nature, because nature is our connection to the divine, that's an easy connection, or if you have a loved one, you know, that you have like just deep, pure love for, um, could be living or dead, um, or um, deities, statues, anything, you know, if you're into Buddha, there's Buddha, if you're into Jesus, there's Jesus, um, you know, if you're into Ganesha, you're into Ganesha, you know, whatever's going to remind you, that's the whole point of deities, is that it reminds you of this part of yourself. So you kind of set your room up or your space up. And it can be very simple. You can be looking at a plant. You can be looking out the window. You can have one little deity that you love or picture, and you place it in front of you and you do the practice. Um, and basically in the practice that I'm offering this week, we're going to be asking, um, we're going to be asking for help. Please help me open my heart. Please help me see things through a wider lens. Please help me see love. Um, may I feel love, you know, may my heart be open. And then there's another piece, which is we take our deity or nature or a person we love into our heart. So we're doing that to enhance connection to that love. So we're physically like moving towards our heart. We're taking that deity into our heart and we are connecting with that part of ourselves. And in this way, and, and then finally it ends um, with a uh, bowing sequence. And the reason we bow, bowing is really important, I think, is you know, it's, it's that physical expression of surrender. And we do this over and over again. So we do the practice and then we ritualize ourselves, right, to doing this. You could get the idea and sort of make your own version because what's really important is that it's personal to you, that you feel a connection to this practice. 
So if you have another practice, I know a lot of the people taking this um, have practices that really makes you feel that sense of surrender and connection, then this is where you would insert it to insert it to balance your Nandamaya Kosha. Another practice that works pretty well for balancing the Anandamaya Kosha would be Yoga Nidra, which is what we started with. So you move through the koshas, and in the end, you are sitting with your own bliss. So for some reason, this... Um, try Yoga Nidra again with a different sort of perspective, which is like, I'm moving through my koshas to my bliss body, and then I'm just going to sit in my bliss for a few moments and think of it that way. And in yoga, you know, there's a long tradition of different paths. And, and some people in yoga are um, yana yogis and they use their mind a lot. So philosophy plays a key role and the other koshic practices um, are lessened. And then, you know, there's other paths that are bhakti in nature where you're just surrendering to the divine. And these kinds of practices might be more important. The other ones are less. Doesn't mean that you don't have to address them. And in, um, in my system, all of them are addressed, addressed consistently, but it's okay if you're feeling a draw to one more than the others. You can always emphasize that. So I would ask you to try to do this bhakti practice, um, this Anandamaya Kosha practice daily, just for a week. Record your impressions of that. See if you feel more open and loving and whole. And we'll note that. So I hope you enjoy your Ananda, your bliss. I hope you're able to sort of focus on bliss as you move through the week. And it's um, always great and a real pleasure to encounter other people who are experiencing their own bliss body because you find that those connections are very strong. So maybe connect to this week as well. So thank you for listening. Om Shanti. Om Peace. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Please subscribe, rate and review our show and help us share yoga therapy with more people around the world. If you think this episode will help someone you know, feel free to share it with them. If you love yoga therapy and meditation, you can follow us over on Instagram at breathingdeeplyyoga where we share anything and everything to help you advance your understanding of yoga therapy and meditation. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com. See you in the next episode.